1: com in Kansas, one 770 stop in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here, visit gamblinghelpline ma.org, or call eight hundred three two seven 327 5050 support in Massachusetts, or call one 8 hope
2: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to GC Live, talking Tuesday nights. He's intern Joe. I'm Mike Yuva. We had the week off last week because of the 4th of July, but we are back. And boy, a lot has gone on since we last had uh, one of these shows. When we're talking from a recruiting standpoint, we'll be getting into SEC media days because now we know the three players that are going to be joining Beamer out in Nashville, which is still weird to say since it'll be the first time that's ever happened in SEC Media Day's history that will be out there. Uh, We'll get into some of the events that are coming up because there's a couple involving Gamecock Central. will be a kickoff party, third annual one over at Stale Hands uh, coming up in August, and we'll also talk about Steve Tannehill, former Gamecock quarterback, as well as Cox by 90, Jeff O'Hara, a South Carolina alum, class of 2010, purchasing a bar, or I should say two bars in five points, Breakers Live and Breakers. And now they'll be called... CB 18. So a lot to get into tonight intern, Joe. I want to begin tonight with where things stand right now with recruiting. And the reason why I want to do that is because over the last couple of weeks, we've seen things go up and down on, on threes RPM. And I know people are still trying to get used to it, right? Cause it's a little bit different than how they do things with the crystal balls and some of the other recruiting websites, So they see these numbers go up and down. And you and I, we've talked about it on this very program, how as far as someone like Dylan Stewart, South Carolina is in a better spot than what the RPM was saying. And then what happened? We saw the numbers flip. Well, since we were last on, the numbers have flipped again. Ohio State right now has the slight edge. I'm going to bring that up on the screen so people can see that. But I bring all this up in turn, Joe, because personally, my feelings about where USC stands with landing Stort it hasn't changed. I still no. feel like they're in a very, very good spot. Do you agree?
3: Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I And so I think recently we've seen this trend of South Carolina recruits dipping in the recruiting rankings when they're favored. Um, and I think... Obviously, I think on Twitter, people have started to pick up on that a little bit. Um, Dylan Stewart, no exception there. Um, I I don't think anything has changed. There have been rumors that Ohio State is still counting him pretty hard um, with this NIL thing. So it's going to be really interesting. I don't know. Um, I still, I mean, everybody inside South Carolina feels good about this kid. So. yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure about the 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 edge back to Ohio State. I know again, Ohio State has lots of NIL funds that they're throwing at the kids, so um, it's going to be an interesting race down the down the stretch.
2: I'll say this, and I'm not trying to speak out of line here. Unless something has changed within the last, I'd say five or six days, from an NIL standpoint. Because you'd have to be naive when you're talking about a player of Dylan Stewart's caliber. Yeah. And no one. Let me let me make. I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I don't know the factors of what Dylan Stewart is looking at to ultimately decide where he's going to go. With that being said, though, you would be naive. You would be naive not to believe that nil will come into the picture at some point, regardless of where he ends up. He's a talented player. He's a name. He's a guy that should be playing in the NFL in three to four years once he arrives at South Carolina or Ohio State, wherever he goes. I think we can all agree on that. From everything that I've been told, NIL, from a South Carolina standpoint, it is there. Everything is good. So when we're talking about, man, USC, if they if they don't land Dylan Stewart, I don't like talking on hypotheticals, but I'm throwing this out there that it won't come down to the fact that South Carolina wasn't able to get into the ballpark of where someone like Ohio State is. Again, this is what I know from about five to six days ago. I know those numbers have changed within that time period, but that doesn't mean it's because of NIL. But I just want to throw that out there because I know it's so easy if one of these players decide to go somewhere else. Man, they didn't throw enough NIL money at them. It's not always the case. I mean, shoot, go ask Nicholas Harbour. It wasn't the case with him. I mean, Oregon, they could have they could have given him a blank check for crying out loud. I mean, it seemed like that's what it was with yeah. Phil Knight coming down the last twenty
3: four Kevin Plank, what they were doing too.
2: Yep. So again, you're looking at Dylan Stewart's situation, and intern Joe brought it up as well as you see. His numbers have dipped a little bit, which <laughs> I don't know how it all factors in. I know he's been bumped up though. he's a plus now, which means all the recruiting sites that we factor in to the industry rankings, as you see right here on three twenty four seven, ESPN and rivals, they all have him as a five star now. That wasn't the case a couple of days ago. Everyone has him as a five star, so when every recruiting site of those four, have someone as a five-star, they will receive a five-star plus grade. That is why you see the plus next to him. Uh, But he somehow dropped down nine spots. Again, I think it's comical during the summer that you see some of these guys go up and down and they're not even doing anything, but I'm not involved with the rankings. I'm not involved with the star systems, but wanted to point that out because intern Joe, you brought that up. It was a good point as well. But you see, let I me mean, look. Bottom line is this. Regardless of where the RPM is, we're talking about a player like Stuart, South Carolina is still in the mix. They're still in the mix. And as Joe, you just said, as I said, I still like USC's chances as much as I did, say, a week ago or two weeks ago, based on everything we've been told.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think with Stewart, it's going to come down to just, I mean, who wants him more. Um, I I saw, obviously, the the teasing that he did um, on social media with he posted the video Justin King sent him and they worked on. um, And then he teased Ohio State a little bit with some. Well, I I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but um, we saw that. So I don't know. I mean, mean, it looks like.
2: It looked like some fifth grader from uh, Mrs. Johnson's class made like a Photoshop picture. I don't know what the heck.
3: Yeah, but I mean, recruiting, you'd never really know. Um, We're not in these guys' heads. So, um, again, I think South Carolina still holds that lead, um, and they're going to carry that into kind of the commitment zone for for Dylan. But, again, you just never know. Um, So,
2: Well, one thing we do know – is that some of these players who were on campus a couple of weeks ago for official visits, they're expected to be back at the end of the month, the big cookout that South Carolina does. It's a tremendous opportunity to not only get players back who have already committed, whether it be you know verbally, but you're also able to bring some players back who have not committed, or they re- may remain silent. Right. I mean, we know that there's still a silent commit going back to June 12th with South Carolina. At this point, it is expected. And I say expected because when you're talking about 18, 17 year old kids, things can always change. Right. It is expected that Stort will be in attendance for that. That is massive. That is huge because Dante Rayner will be back there as well as some other commits who will continue to put on their recruiting hats and do everything they can to be able to bring in a player of Dylan Stewart's caliber, as well as some other players who are expected to be there. But again, it's not getting too caught up as far as what we're seeing with the numbers. Um, Everything that I've been told, I don't think Stewart has put anything out that has said this but the indication is that Stort will make his commitment prior to the start of his high school season. Yeah, could be in August. Uh, Daniel Hill, we've heard we've heard rumbles that he could be committing later this month at some point before star running back. So I'm bringing these things up here because you're looking at the timeline. And I'm sure there's some people out there that remember what Dante Reno said a couple of weeks back. Man, July is going to be a big month. It's going to be a big month. And I'm sure there's some Gamecock fans saying, well, where is everything? Patience. Patience. We still we're, we're not even halfway done through the month yet. Patience. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I mean, it's going to take some time, obviously, like we said, I think Dylan, the rec- or the the window for Dylan to commit. I'm guessing he's going to be around August. Um, he's always said he wants to commit before the season in case anything happens. Knock on wood that, that nothing does and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I think Dylan Stewart, Daniel Hill is another good one. Uh, another, he, I believe he got a bump in the rankings, if I'm not wrong, Mike,
2: correct? Yeah, we'll take a quick peek at Daniel Hill. Yeah. And so the RPM right now is giving South Carolina the advantage. But as intern Joe said, being able to get a little bit of a bump, you see some of the numbers right now where he ranks –
3: in, in and in a, in a recruiting battle with Bama, again, we talk Dylan Stewart going up against Ohio State. I mean, these are big boy recruiting battles. Um, we've we've taught, said it over and over and over again, like just to be in these battles with some of these guys, um, mm-hmm. it's huge for South Carolina.
2: Yeah. So talking about Daniel Hill, a couple weeks back, he was still listed as an athlete. And that was one of those things that when you go back and you're looking at the recruiting numbers, we'll, we'll talk about uh, David Busey three-star now in On3's database as a safety. When he debuted a couple weeks back when South Carolina announced his commitment, or excuse me, he announced his commitment to South Carolina, he was still regarded as a linebacker in the database, but he didn't have any stars. Uh, That changed today. He has three stars, but going back to what we're talking about right now with Daniel Hill, he was rated as the sixth, overall athlete in the class of 2024 by on three but now he is finally debuting as a running back which of course is what schools like South Carolina like Alabama and so many others are recruiting him for uh, we've said this before as far as Daniel Hill is concerned it's going to come down between USC and Alabama I would be shocked if anything happens to change that but it's going to come down to these two schools. He has been very public with his opinions on USC, how much he loves the university, how much he loves Shane Beamer. And there's no secret when you, when you look at the roster makeup for the next couple of years, once you factor in the class of 2024, that he would have a really good opportunity to see the field early. You know, we know there's some talented young running backs that are coming in, but because prior to the class of 2023, with bringing in uh, Dontavious Braswell, South Carolina didn't land any freshmen out of high school or any freshmen, excuse me, but recruiting them from high school. They didn't have any freshmen on their rosters, on their roster at the running back position that were recruited out of high school. So I say that because That room, and obviously we can look at it this year, right? I mean, you look at the makeup, and everyone's talking about man, okay, outside of Juju McDowell, see to carry on joiners moving on over. All right, what are they gonna do? We got the transfer running back, Mario Anderson. There's not a lot of proven depth there, at least at the SEC level. We're talking about running back. So you start to look ahead a little bit. Daniel Hill comes in here, and that's not to say that he can't play at Alabama, but he comes to South Carolina here's a guy that could, could be, could be competing for a starting job very quickly, very quickly.
3: Yeah. I mean, you look at his frame there, 6'2", 220. Um, It's all you want more an SEC running back um, and running backs. We know nowadays their lifespan is shortening, um, especially in a, gr- uh, a grueling conference like the SEC. So Daniel Hill, you want him bad. Um, if you can beat out them, I think it's huge. And it starts to kind of – it allows you to kind of put a pause on, on having to go to the transfer portal for these running backs. Um, obviously, you're going to get a couple for depth though. but Daniel Hill is the guy that you kind of want to build a running back room going forward. And if you can get him in this 2024 class, it's even bigger because then, I mean, you can start building around that. Look like in 2025, maybe add one. Two more, but then you can go into the portal and just develop Daniel Hill in with the rest of your offense. Obviously, you got your quarterback, your wide receiver, and Mazio Bennett. Um, so Daniel Hill's your running back in this class, Mike, and if you can get him, it's it's very, very, very big, especially for a position South Carolina has been struggling with um, as of late.
2: So to give people a heads up on some dates that we're looking at: four-star wide receiver, Kellen Adam, um, Adams. Excuse me. Six foot one, 180 pounds, four star out of Virginia Beach, Virginia. He is set to make his commitment on Thursday. There's been a lot of movement, speaking about RPM, there's been a lot of movement with his RPM, especially within the last, I'd say, 24, 48 hours, even going back maybe 72 hours. A couple weeks back, right before the 4th of July, not even a couple weeks back, just a week plus. USC held a big lead according to On3's recruiting prediction machine. 79.1% is where they had USC in terms of being able to land Adams compared to Virginia Tech coming in at 7.3%. Things have changed. Things have changed a lot uh, in that time period. And I'm going to bring this up so you guys can see where things are at right now. Because in that week-plus span, Adams is now, they have Adams, excuse me, leaning to go to Virginia Tech at 93.1. You don't even see South Carolina in the top four anymore. Less than 1%. What changed? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to ask that question, because I'll say this. For the last couple weeks, from everything that I was told, and if you guys have been following along with what Wes Mitchell, as well as Chris Clark, who do a tremendous job over at Gamecock Central with us, tremendous job when it comes to recruiting. If you were following along with what they were reporting, it seemed like Adams was, was a lock. It was a lock. You talked to people close to that program. Seemed like it was a lock. And something changed within the last couple days. I know, Arthur, you throw NIL out. Uh, I'm not going to say that as far as right now because I have nothing to back that up. But, I mean, shoot, that's the era that we're living in. It's not too crazy to believe. Where does USC go from here if they're not able to land up a guy like Adams? Well, I mean, there's a couple other receivers that USC is going after. We've talked about some of them. Jonathan Paylor being one of them. As you see, Jonathan Paylor, four-star wide receiver from Burlington, North Carolina. He's expected to commit on July 28th. And as you see right there with his RPM, hasn't changed over the last 10 days USC still the very heavy favorite to land him at 91.6%. You need to bring in a talented wide receiver. Continue to do that. Obviously Maseo Bennett, we know that the, the other guys that South Carolina has been going after and the guys they've already been able to land, but you want to continue to bring in talented wide receivers. It would have been massive. And I'm not I, I don't want to rule out the possibility of them being able to land Adams. It just doesn't look like it's going that way. And I know Wes Mitchell, he talked a little bit about it yesterday. You can go on Gamecock Central and read on his report on the insider's forum. But if you're able to at least land paler, it should make you feel better about the situation. Wouldn't you agree, in turn? Joe? At least if you're able to land one of them. I mean, at this point, I mean, if, if a kid's going to go elsewhere – at least you have another talented wide receiver that you've been going after for a long period of time, and he loves the university, and it seems like that is the case with Payler.
3: Yeah, can't get them all, Mike. Um, plain and simple as much as you want to. Um, Payler's another – I wouldn't even necessarily consider him a backup option um, to Adams. I mean, both equally as skilled and equally as talented. So um, you can land Payler. I think it makes up for a lot of the Adams sting of him basically being a lock and then um you know now with a heavy lean towards Vatta
2: So again Adams is set to make his commitment on the 13th Virginia Tech right now according to On3's recruiting prediction machine they are giving VTech the advantage South Carolina a couple weeks back not even I keep I keep saying a couple weeks back because it it feels like It feels like it's been so long ago, but it was only a couple days ago. It was only a couple days ago that Adams was sitting there close to 80%, according to On3's recruiting prediction machine. They were making him that much of a favorite to be able to land him. But things have changed. Things have changed. He's
3: recruiting. These guys like that sometimes happens, especially now with NIL.
2: Uh, A couple other guys to keep an eye on. We mentioned Dylan Stewart and, and Daniel Hill. Stuart, again, It is expected that he will make a commitment prior to the start of the football season. You heard intern Joe and I both talk about it, that that should happen in August. As of right now, it looks like he will be back on campus later this month for the big cookout, which is a tremendous opportunity to get recruits on campus, both guys that have committed, as well as players who are still up in the air. He is expected to be back on campus. Uh, and then in addition to that, Daniel Hill is expected to commit in the summer. Uh, from everything that we have been told, I don't think he's put this out there yet, but is it, it's expected that that could happen later this month. And Daniel Hill's another player that we expect to be at the cookout. Hmm. So we will continue to monitor. I know uh, Big Red, you mentioned, how's the rest of our you know DMV recruits looking? I'm assuming you're asking – USC looking at anybody, Um, not necessarily the guys that have already committed to USC. They're going to continue to go after the DMV. They're going to continue to go after the DMV. After this month, I expect there to be more buzz about some guys who maybe you – the problem you get at at this time of the year, and especially with what we've seen from South Carolina and a lot of schools over the last couple of years, because with the transfer portal, a lot of these coaches are encouraging players to make that commitment earlier. Of course, you can't sign until that first early signing day period, now that there's two, and that has been that way for the last couple of years. They won't be able to make it official until December, but you're seeing more players commit early. You see them commit in the summer. There's a lot of guys, though, still out there that you know had no intention of committing in the summer. Once we get by the summer month, you're going to see a second wave, right? Obviously, this is the biggest time of recruiting, and you'll see, you know, you'll hear names. But I say that because, Big Red, once we get into the season, there'll be another wave. There'll be another wave. You'll continue to hear more names, and I would be shocked if there's not another player or two that South Carolina is able to land from the DMV. So that's where South Carolina stands right now. Want to pull it up from a team recruiting standpoint, where USC stands? They're 15th currently in the industry rankings. I'll bring that up.
3: I'll hit this question real quick from Arthur. Let me ask you guys this: What is a successful number of commits/signees would make this class a success? At one point, this class looked like the best haul ever.
2: well i think look we we've talked about it before south carolina you have to go back to i think it was what 2007 i want to make sure i have the right year I think it was around 2007 the last time they were able to land a class as high as seventh okay i still think that this is a recruiting class that can finish not just top 15 uh, but top 10 and depending on who you get Right. If you're able to land a guy like Dylan Stewart, that changes everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, look back to last season with what USC was able to do and how much they were able to climb at the end after landing a guy like Nicholas Harbor. Right. I mean, you look back to, you see right there, South Carolina has landed eight, eight four stars. It all depends, obviously, what recruiting website you're looking at. We'll talk a little bit more about that because there's been some guys from South Carolina that have climbed up recently from 3 to 4 stars in our rankings. Yeah. But last year USC had 11. They had 11. So when we're talking about blue chip players, okay? You'll you'll still see an increase in 3 stars. Again, this is last year. This is 2023, but to give you an idea, and obviously this goes without saying, it also is going to be determined by what the schools ahead of you are doing or just the schools out there in general, right? The rest of the country, what are they doing? How are they, how are they looking from a success standpoint? But the reason I'm going back and showing this from last season or the last recruiting class, 11, four stars, South Carolina is already up to eight for the class of 2024. 12, three stars. Okay. Go back to this year. They have five. I expect I expect USC to land more three-stars. I mean, it just it happens. Um, but where I'm going with all this is if you start trying to do some math in your head, if they're fortunate enough to land a guy like Dylan Stewart or a five-star, right, and they're able to pick up a couple more four-stars, they should still be in very good position to finish better than where they did last year. And again, like I said, it's not just what you do. It's what the rest of the country is doing from a recruiting standpoint. You can't control all of that. There's certain things you can control, right? If you're getting in a recruiting battle with I'm making this up Florida state for a prospect, of course, right? But it will come down to multiple factors where USC is standing today. They're in a good spot. If they continue to have the success that they expect to have this month with recruiting, then they could be knocking on the door of a top 10 spot heading into the regular season. And then at that point, you're going to pick a couple three stars and you couldn't land a big fish. I don't know who that big fish is, but the point being is you create that momentum. And if you have success in the season, there's some players that like to wait still until February.
3: Yeah. Mike, for me, I think it's, if you can find a way to get a top 10 class, I think that's a success now i think you're going to find successes like deeper in like the three star guys some of these guys that are you know under the radar that's going to come later but i mean from a recruiting aspect just on paper these guys coming in i think if you can get a top 10 class it's just, yeah, success um and also too i mean if if you can find a way to if, if say it doesn't necessarily go your way you still end up in the top 15 that's also another success i mean got to take what you can get and recruiting's hard especially in the sec so um, mm-hmm. top 10 is is obviously where you want to be top 15 you know nobody's complaining so that's that's kind of where i'm at to answer arthur's question
2: and we're talking about three stars as well and, and again depending on what recruiting site you're looking at you're going to continue to see the numbers all over the place right look like a, you've got a guy like matthew fuller committed back on June 23rd out of Georgia, plays for Connor Shaw's brother. From an industry standpoint, he remains a three-star because, again, it factors in the four major recruiting websites. On three recently gave him a bump up to a four-star. So the reason why I'm bringing that up is because You're going to see some services out there say, okay, South Carolina had, I'm making this up, about like nine, you know, um, nine four-stars commit this year. This place had 12. It will be around the same. I mean, it's not going to be too crazy, right? We've mentioned this before. I expect Dante Reno to still receive a boost up to being a four-star, especially if he has a good senior season. Um, On three has him as, A three-star right now. The industry ranking still has him as a three-star. There's other outlets, though, other recruiting sites that have him as a four-star. So I'm using these two guys as as an example because, again, Matthew Fuller, he got a bump up by on three. Reno, he can get a bump up. These things, these things happen. These things happen. So while we're looking at the numbers right now, and we're like, all right, South Carolina has okay. Eight four-stars. Okay, they have five three-stars. Things are going to change. And as we mentioned before, we mentioned with Matthew before, right? And he gets bumped up to a four-star. We mentioned it with Fred. Fred Johnson, talented uh, linebacker out of Virginia. Intern Joe and I, we talked about We said, man, this guy, he could be a hidden gem because I think he he, he should be a four-star. Well, what happened recently? 24-7 bumped him up to a four-star. And what that tells me is that if one recruiting site bumps someone up, the other sites are going to start paying attention because they're going to start saying, man, why do they bump him up? What is it about him? Or is he a guy that's kind of on that border? I think Fred Johnson, especially after putting on 30 pounds since last season, I think he's a guy that very, 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 very well could end up as a four-star. So we're breaking down the numbers, and I I say all this because all these little things with three stars getting bumped up to four, and it could go the other way too. That will have a major impact when we're talking about where South Carolina finishes because just those little points, guy gets bumped down by a point or two, and he goes down, and now he's a three-star. It factors in tremendously with the rankings. And as you have saw, right, it's a pretty tight race right now when you're looking at where South Carolina stands. And I I hope I'm not giving people a popsicle headache with some of these numbers, but I mean, look where South Carolina stands, right? 89, Oklahoma, 89. And you see just how close everything is. People get bumped up and down, which it happens every year. They could be going up or they could be going down. So it's it's close right now.
3: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mike, before we get into it a little bit more, I want to talk to you about our good friends over at Liberty Tax. Tax ID is an uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax and Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund your money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call the tax team at Liberty Tax. Fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, talk to the Liberty Tax team and make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood. Open 99 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents and when you re- Return your when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give a call for them at 803 462 5576. Once again, 803 462 5576
2: for all of your tax needs. Today's show is also brought to you by we have a new sponsor in here Bird Dog. Bird Dog's The shorts, the pants, real comfortable. Get the built-in liner. If you want to go buy a pair right now, head on over to birddogs.com slash Gamecocks, or you can enter in our promo code, that is Gamecocks, at the checkout, and you'll receive a free 20-ounce tumbler with your purchase. How about that? Get a little discount, a nice little tumbler, too,
3: for to use
2: at this time of the year. Uh, in addition to that, of course, Clint Hammond, our longtime sponsor of GC Live, not just this show, but all GC Live shows over at the Movement Mortgage. Right now, I know a lot of people are starting to look at homes, right? Summer, it's nice. People want to go out. Maybe this is the time of the year. Even though the rates are still high, Clint can make that process easier for you. He can look out for some of the best deals that are out there. He did that for our own Wes Mitchell, as well as former Gamecock quarterback and captain Perry Orth. So if you want Clint to help you out, do what Wes and Perry did. Give him a call over at 803-771-6933. Intern Joe, let's talk a little bit of SEC media days. Okay? SEC media days. Yesterday was announced the three guys that will be going with Shane Beamer out in Nashville, which, oh, by the way, real quick before we get into that because I saw a question from Chris, and I want to make sure we hit on it. When he's asking about blue chips, he was asking if we know how many South Carolina has how many uh, blue chip players they have right now. Right now, according to On3, 62% of the commitments, right, because they got 13 commits so far, 62% are considered blue chip. So just to answer that question for you before we move along, talking about SEC media days. SEC media days in Nashville. I'll go on a little rant in a minute because I think it's a joke that it's in Nashville. Don't have any issue with Nashville. Nice little city. Shouldn't be in Nashville shouldn't be in nashville but shane beamer will be joined by tonka hemingway kai kroger and spencer rattler a year ago there were a lot of people not everybody it just seems like the people that talk the loudest though it makes it seem like there's a bigger crowd wanted to hear from spencer rattler totally understand The message that Shane sent, though, by not sending him, I think was a good one. Especially in an era when we're talking about NIL and me, 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 all this kind of stuff, right? He could have easily done that. But instead, he recognized the seniors who had been here, at least for X amount of years. And all those guys, they all came in at South Carolina. I don't think any of them transferred in. But the point being is, he didn't do that. He waited a year. And now he has his opportunity. And certainly, Rattler will be the headline when you talk about those three. And that's no disrespect to Tonka Hemingway. I think he's going to have a phenomenal season. Uh, Kai Kroger, I think that's a cool one to have in there. And I know I'm sure other fan bases will give South Carolina crap saying you're sending a punter. But we all know how valuable Kai is to this program, number one. But number two, how valuable special teams is to the program. So I think it's a perfect fit. I have no issue with those three, no issue. And I'm glad that because I'm sure there's some people out there that would have liked to hear from juice. You'll hear from juice during South Carolina's media days when they have him on campus, you needed to send a defensive guy. And I think Tonk is a a perfect choice, especially considering that he's a senior as well.
3: Yeah. I mean, I thought it was funny. Shane last year joked that Spencer can come back when he's a senior. And well, now here we are. Um, I think, you know, Sending Spencer last year would have been a horrible mistake, I think, to throw him into the fire. Not that he wasn't ready for it, but just all of the talk. um, Without any product out on the field yet, it's really hard to say the right thing when you haven't gone out on the field and performed. So um, good for Shane. Sending the guys that had been there as well, setting the example. And now that Spencer has matured a lot more as a player, he's able to go as one of those seniors that is – you know, slated to be kind of a captain figure on this team. So um, I love the choices. Tonka's always fun, um, always a great interview. Um, as same with Kai Kroger. Um, all really good representatives, and I, I think it's going to be um, really, really, really fun to see what they have to say. And also with Justin King hooks up, I was told the, the video that they have, it, it's been in the works for a couple oh, of look months.
2: Look at now. you, intern Joe.
3: Yeah, it's it's been, in, it's been in the works for a couple of months now. I, like, I, I was not given any lead as to what it is or what they're cooking up, but it's okay. they've been working on it. So um, it's always a fun thing to see whatever Justin can cook up and his team. They all do great work over there in creative media.
2: Nice little tidbit there. Yeah. Uh, from intern Joe to cocky Joe. Cocky Joe says, yes, we sending the best punter in the country. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, obviously at the end of the day, Fans want to see the team as a team, as a team have success on the field, right? But at the end of the year, when you have the All-American honors, when you have the All-SEC honors, obviously you want to see your guys make the list, especially ones that have tremendous seasons. On top of the Ray Guy Award. I'm bringing all this up because while it doesn't mean that it will automatically bump Kai. I think it just allows him to be out there a little bit more, right? So where I'm trying to go at with this is that there's going to be people that vote because I've done this before. I've, I've done, and I'm going to do it. I think we have the preseason one coming up when we go to Nashville. Uh, the media has the opportunity to do the preseason all SEC teams. I know for a fact, and this is how screwed up the system is, and it happens with the All-American stuff too and all that other stuff, unless it's the coaches one. There's a lot of reporters that have no business, no business voting on stuff like this. No business. They get a credential, and they're automatically able to vote for stuff like this, okay? More so happens with the preseason stuff, which doesn't mean as much, but it still happens for the end-of-the-year awards too. There'll be people out there that don't watch one South Carolina game. There'll be people out there that, if they do watch the South Carolina game, it's because they were covering it with whatever team that they cover. So I say that because what happens sometimes, unfortunately, you have reporters that won't know who the hell Kai Kroger is. They might go online, they might look at statistics but I think being able to get his name out there a little bit more will help him. So again, I know that's not what the ultimate purpose is. It's more so the fact that this is a young man that deserves this opportunity, but I think it will help out a lot when we're talking about in the end of the year awards, especially if he's able to replicate what he did from this past season. No question about that. Um, So we got We have, we have Kai there. We have Tonka and Spencer. My question to you, intern Joe, what do you expect? What do you expect as far as what will be thrown at Spencer this year? Right? Because here's a young man that last season, and you mentioned it too, you know, aside from the fact that he had never took a snap at South Carolina before, because of stuff that took place of a Netflix series when he was back in high school there was all these images being portrayed about him before he even did anything at usc he's had an opportunity to go out there and shoot i know you've had a chance to cover him i've been covering him in the spring cuz obviously this past fall i was back up in boston but from everything that i've seen from him from everything that i've talked to players and coaches he's a team guy what he did those last two regular season games he's gonna go in there and i feel like what could have been a nightmare scenario from a media standpoint i think he's walking into a much 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 better situation from a question standpoint
3: yeah i mean spencer's matured a lot especially even from his oklahoma days i think he matured a lot when he got to oklahoma And then having his second chance at South Carolina was big. And then, again, like I said, I think last year he kind of would have been thrown into the fire a little bit since he hadn't proved anything. But now he has, right? Like he's proved that he is – here. he's not the Spencer Rattler of old, but the Spencer Rattler of new now can lead a team um, and has poise in the pocket, can throw the ball and escape when he needs to. Um, So I, I think now that he has some game in him to back him up, or to back up some of this talk, I think it's going to be confidence and it's, he's going to be treating it like an NFL draft kind of media days, if you will. Um, Cause obviously the next level is on his mind. He gets to kind of see where we line up um, this offseason, just kind of projections and whatnot. And so now he gets to, you know, all the cards are kind of on his side. Um, you know, he gets to go out. He has one more proof a year to really show, guys in the nfl what he can do and that he you know maybe a first round pick maybe second round pick who knows we'll see all kind of depends on this year so spencer has a chance to go out finally in, in front of the bright lights and, and you know show what kind of person he's been um working on like with himself and also to you know just put on for south carolina because i know he, he loves this place and kind of feels like he owes this place a little something for kind of giving him a self second chance
2: and as you see right there the full rundown of SEC Media Days, 2023. And it's so weird not to say Hoover, Alabama. It's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. And the reason I want to bring this up, I feel like what the SEC is trying to do, and I and I, I get it. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to replicate what the NFL does with the NFL draft. Well, here's the big thing. Outside of maybe... 20 fans from each fan base that's if they go standing in the lobby for a couple hours trying to get a quick autograph you don't have fan bases going out because there's no reason to there's no reason to it's not like the nfl draft you're not able to see shane beamer speaking you see that on tv you might be able to catch a glimpse and i don't know what the setup is in nashville i just remember i mean shoot i've been covering sec media day since 2015, going back to my days when I worked in Greenville, Mississippi. Media Row, you'd have an opportunity to, to see them a little bit more. You can't do – I don't know if that's going to be the case here in Nashville. That wasn't the case we'll see. in Atlanta. But, I, again, just bringing that up because I think they should have kept it in Birmingham. Um, I, I hope there's rumbles that they could be bringing it to Dallas in the next year or two. I hope that doesn't happen. Because Birmingham, I mean, that's, it's the center. It's the center when you're talking about the SEC. So more of a media person complaint than anything else. Won't really impact people from home because they'll be watching. But Shane Beamer will be speaking on Thursday. You can see right there on the screen, Ole Miss in Tennessee will also be speaking the day that the Gamecocks speak. In charge, Joe, big event coming up big event 3rd annual Gamecock Central kickoff party
3: it's
2: gonna be fun august 19th saturday august 19th it is an event that has done wonders over the last couple of years Shane Beamer has come out I know Lamont Paris came out last year Patrick Davis is performing up there you got the former players that come back it's awesome and I'll hint just a little bit there's going to be a very big surprise that's going to take place that night. Big surprise. A very exciting one as well. So, Gamecock Central kickoff party, August 19th. Hope to see you guys there, third annual. And that is a free event. There's VIP opportunities if you want to sit in a certain tent and be able to get certain food. But if you just want to come on by, have a drink or two, come on by. Doesn't cost anything. With that being said, There's another event happening, Intern Joe, because former Gamecock quarterback Steve Tannehill has purchased Breakers and Breakers Live. Breakers Live, and Intern Joe and I were talking about this. For anyone that's watching that goes to school at USC or they go to Breakers Live and they're worried that things are going to change, Breakers Live is staying the same. Breakers Live is staying the same. Tannehill told me many times, and I was with Steve actually last night, and he said, we're not touching that. They have their own clientele. The old saying, if it's not broken, why fix it? But the place next door, Breaker's Bar and Grill, that's going to be called CB Bar and Grill, CB18 Bar and Grill. Opening night, July 29th, Garnet Trust Foundation event that will be supporting mental health with the Hayden Hurst Foundation. $25. Should be a fun one, Joe.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited to see. The opportunities that Garnet Trust can put on um at the new Steve Tannehill joint. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And then the kickoff party, I was there last year. I'll be running around this year. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um I'm gonna be working. You guys will have me working pretty hard, but it's it's a it's a long day, but it's a whole lot of fun. Get to meet all you everyone who watches supports Gamecock Central. It's so much fun. Um so come out to steal hands. Should be a good time. And then obviously the breakers live point, but I was getting texts. My buddies were asking me, it's like, what the heck is going on here? Somebody figure out what's going on. Luckily got to the bottom of it. Also, like I said, really excited for the Garnet Trust events and everything Gamecock Central will put on there as well. I know Steve Tannehill and obviously Cox by 90, really good friends of the program. So it's going to be fun, Mike.
2: No, it's going to be good. And you know, uh, Jeff, who, again, a lot of people know better as uh, Coxby90 on social media. I don't think they truly know his background. He does phenomenal, phenomenal job in the recruiting world and uh, does very well financially. I say all that because he has given so much of his money back to the university in ways such as the CB90 house or, in this case, buying a restaurant and bar and wanting to find ways to be able to give back to the university. Uh, One of the big things that he told me, because I mean, he told me this a couple of weeks ago and he's like, I really want to do events that involve Garnet Trust. And he's been talking with the director of operations of Garnet Trust, Jeremy Smith, nonstop. I can tell you that. So the reason why I'm bringing this up so much again, opening night's going to be awesome. It's 25 bucks. uh, You're going to be able to get free beer with that purchase. Free Finger Foods, unlimited Coke products. But on top of that, there's going to be so many awesome items that you can bid on. I know one of them is a round of golf with Steve Tannehill and Spencer Rattler. It's pretty cool. You know, you get to pick you and a buddy, and you guys go golfing with those two. That'll be a lot of fun. Sideline passes before a football game, front row tickets for a men's basketball game autograph items from Shane Beamer. I mean, there's there's going to be a lot more. We're talking with Hayden Hurst's mom today, Kathy Hurst of the Hurst Foundation, Hayden Hurst Family Foundation is the full name of it. And they have some cool items that they're going to try to put together because, of course, with Hayden back in the Carolinas playing for the Panthers now, he's very excited. So a lot of cool events coming up. Another one, too, Intern Joe. I feel like we're just going down the list. I didn't even mention this one to you. I'm not sure if you saw this one. But another event to keep on everyone's radar, two events, I should sh- say, the Gamecock Bourbon Society is doing an event, August 5th, Gamecock Legends event. You're going to see a bunch of former athletes coming back. There's going to be a Q&A section uh, during that as well. Great opportunity to meet a lot of Gamecock fans. The following week, though, August 12th at Stale Hands again, week before the Gamecock Central kickoff party, third annual training camp event. And that's going to be the USC alum taking on the Clemson alum football. It's always a fun event. Always enjoy doing that. So a lot of stuff going on. Busy time right now, which is good. Because in the next couple weeks, inter- next week, right, we're going we're gonna to be talking about recruiting. We're going to be talking about recruiting like we always do. But once we get into next week, next week will be the, really the last week of what I call talking season. Because after that, even though it is considering talking, right, the SEC Media Day stuff, like, you know, we get headlines, at least we have something to work with, right? There could be something that Rattler says. There could be something that Beamer says. There could be something that some schmuck in another school says, and we're able to talk about that because they said something dumb about USC or whatever, right? I mean, go back to last year. Mark Stoops comments people are turning that into friggin' t-shirts and, you know, obviously Beamer, they said they didn't take offense to that, but, you know, they bring out the shades in the locker room after beating Kentucky last season. So that's all the fun stuff to see. Anything you're looking forward to though with sec media days intern Joe, before we wrap things up?
3: Not really besides the, whatever creative media can, can put out. I think it's going to be fun. Everyone. I mean, they've, like I said, they've been planning it for weeks and they're all excited and they're uh, as hush hush as they, Kept it from me. I i think it's it's gonna be pretty good.
2: How do you view that though? And how do you view what I, they did last year though? Because it's kinda of um, like no, they're they're, they're like the Rocky series, top. right? They it's kinda of like the Rocky series. Is it gonna be like Rocky five, which was just awful with against no, Tommy Guns, or is it gonna be like Rocky Two?
3: No, I think it's gonna be different. Um, and knowing what <laughs> Mike put me on the spot here, um, no, I mean I think it's gonna be different. They'll they'll find a way to top it. Um but it, it won't necessarily feel like last year's video. Maybe it will. I don't know. But
2: um, I don't know. I, I think it's. I don't necessarily. So you, got know you, do you got me excited. You got me excited. This we've isn't been planning something. It for
3: months, Mike. Um, this wasn't so,
2: even something that I was aware of. Look at that. Yeah,
3: they've been call it for scoops. They're they're all ready for it. Um, so again, I have no intel as to what it could be. So I, you know, there's. I can't really get excited. That, but yeah, so. Pretty All much. right.
2: Before we wrap things up, I know we got a couple questions. Yeah. And then we will finish off the show. Uh, Big red. Any new defensive commits coming down the line? As far as this month, there's no one that, um, there's no, we're talking about the Dylan Storts and the Palers of the world, the Dylan Hilt. No one comes to mind right now, but that's not to say that someone can't pop up. In the next couple weeks but as of right now i wouldn't expect any new ones at least in the near future but that that could change once we get into august and like i said once we get into football season you start to see a second wave because you start to see some of those players who are a little bit more hush hush during the summer who know that they want to wait until december or february so that's where it is on that big red again if joiner is a running back and we play him at times a quarterback would it mainly be out of the Wildcat formation? I don't think that would be the case. But I think, look, I know Dell Loggins got a bad rap from some people or feel like he has a bad rap because of the lack of success at some teams in the NFL that he worked with. I don't want to crap on some of the guys that he worked with, but at the same time, too, I mean, in intern, Joe, I know you're a Bears fan. Some of the teams he worked with, He was going, I mean, it was kind of like David versus Goliath in a sense. So I say that because, again, totally different game when you're talking about college to pro. And I think he's going to do a lot of good things here. I really do. And I think he's going to get creative with joining, especially week one. You don't think North Carolina is going to be staying up late during the last two weeks of training camp and thinking about, shoot, what the hell are we going to do to be able to stop this guy? Because they might put him out at receiver. They could put him at quarterback. They could put him at running back. They remember what happened on that same field at Bank of America Stadium two years ago, the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. But I still expect him to mainly be in that running back position. But, I mean, you put him in shotgun, and you have Rattler back there as well, yeah, you could see him get a direct snap or two. I mean, you kind of – you agree with that, intern, Joe? Do you see things differently? Yeah, I mean, differently? offense
3: in football nowadays is so, um, you know, it's it's fluid. It's fluctuating. So, I think – I mean, we'll see DK everywhere playing some – but I don't necessarily think it will be out of a wildcat one or the other. It's just going to be everywhere and often. I think we're – like, and often being, I think we'll see him a lot more than we think. Because um, last year there, there were words. It's like, okay, DK's going to have a big role, and then just he never showed up. So I think Dowell is a little bit more intentional with it. Um, so I think we'll see a little bit more of DK production-wise. Getting into the next one. Um, so we have said, or we said, told you so about the previous three stars and not four stars yet.
2: Yeah. So what cocky Joe is saying, you know, have have you and I said up, oh, told you guys, told you guys that you know those three stars that are coming in, they're gonna be four stars. No, we're gonna, we're not gonna take victory laps uh, because. Again, as we were talking about before, as quickly as some of these guys move up to four stars, some of these four stars could fall down to three. And I'm not expecting that to be the case with anybody. Uh, But the point being is, uh, all joking aside, it's about those fits, right? It's about what fits with your program. And I feel like USC has done a really good job when you go back in the... I know people are tired of me saying this, but in the small sample size, Beamer has done a really nice job of identifying some of those three stars who get overlooked and some of those three stars even over the last two years the first two recruiting cycles we see we have seen them get a boost and they've moved up to four stars or they've come in as three stars and they've done a tremendous job so i say that because it doesn't surprise me especially when we're talking about a guy like fuller especially when we're talking about a guy like fred johnson who again on three and the consensus still has as a three star fuller as a three-star as well on the consensus on three has him as a four-star but with Johnson being bumped up to a four-star by 24-7 it doesn't surprise me because again you watch the tape you understand other factors like a guy like Johnson he's gained 30 pounds since last season he was a very good player last season came onto the recruiting radar of many a little bit later than others it just it made sense that he would see some type of bump at some point. That's why I think on three, we'll give him a bump, especially if he's able to have a good season this season. Um, is, is there anything surprising you with the bumps what we've seen, whether it be Fuller or Johnson in turn? No. Nope.
3: No. And it shouldn't be. Last Chris question, Chris. Yeah, can we see some sophomores step up big this year, Stone Blanton for one? Yeah, Blanton's a big one. Um, I think E-Man – He's another one. Uh, people forget he's still a freshman. It feels like he's been here forever now. Uh, but Nicky Minwari, I think he's he's gonna again lead that class like he did last year. Be the name we're talking about defensively. Um, I think at the end of the year, just out of anybody too, not not only that class but just the entire defense, Nicky Minwari.
2: Yeah, when you look at a guy like Stone Blanton too, the beauty for him was he was able to get so many reps this spring. With the departures of Sherrod Green and Brad Johnson, on top of that, Mokaba he wasn't fully cleared, so Blanton was able to work with the ones this defense, uh, with the ones, excuse me, on the defensive side in the spring. That's massive because even if Kaba comes back, and we all hope that Kaba can be the Mokaba that we were hoping to see him be last season before having that injury with the knee. If he's able to do that, and he's the starter that takes some pressure off Blanton. But at the same time, too, Blanton was able to get reps with the one. So God forbid if Cobb is just not there, especially at the beginning of the season, right? Let's say, and we've talked about this with other athletes before, when you're coming back from a lower body injury, if the thinking is there too much, right? If he's not making the cuts and the movements that you're hoping that he – should make because maybe he might be thinking about every cut just a little bit differently because he needs to catch up on those reps. He wasn't, again, wasn't fully cleared in the spring, so he's behind a little bit in the eight ball as far as being able to get just a couple extra cuts out there. Um, I expect him to continue to see more snaps. We saw that, I want to say, around the Vanderbilt game last year is when we started to see Stone's snaps go up. I expect him to play a valuable role, valuable role. He won't and, be
3: playing baseball next spring.
2: <laughs> and it, and honestly, I know, look, it would be great to see him out there on the diamond. But at the same time, too, he is someone that is in position. And that's not to say that he can't end up being a starter this year. I'm hoping that Cobb is going to be able to be the Cobb that we all expected him to be last year. Obviously, it's very difficult when you're coming back from an injury like that. But regardless of what happens this season, Blanton's in line to be the starter for the next two years after this year. Yeah. Uh, another player I'd throw in there. You mentioned Nicky. you've been worried. Thank you. DQ Smith. I think DQ Smith could have one of the biggest breakout seasons. And I'm not just talking about South Carolina players. He could have one of the biggest breakout seasons in the SEC. When we're looking back at the end of the 2023 season, I would not be shocked to see DQ on a couple postseason lists. Just because I feel like the IQ that he has by being a former quarterback in high school at Spring Valley, and I want to bring that up. He wasn't playing at, you know, some raggedy in school. He was playing at Spring Valley. They go up against some good competition. He has an IQ out there when he's playing safety of that of a quarterback we saw that last year and he made the most out of his opportunities and as the season went on we started in the gator bowl he was just always in the right place at the right time you have to be athletic to be able to have the success that dq smith had last season there's no question about that but it's not just talent it's not just being athletic to do what he was able to do. It's about having that IQ. Understanding route concepts. And now that he's had a year under his belt. On top of the fact that. Teams are probably going to try to stay away a little bit from Nick. I think Nick can still improve in his coverage. And I think Nick's eyes will be better this year. I think sometimes he. You know got his eyes stuck in the backfield a little bit. But. I think teams are going to be. Hesitant to go even worries way. And naturally what happens, the other safety is going to be seeing more action. And I think DQ Smith could be a guy that has tremendous, tremendous stats this year. So very excited for him. Inter Joe going to do it. Good to be back with you, bud. Yeah, always good to be back. Things are going to
3: start picking up here in a couple of weeks, so it's going to be a fun little stretch.
2: Next Tuesday we will get you geared up for SEC Media Days because – other schools will be speaking on Monday and Tuesday. So we'll recap a little bit about that as well. If there's anything crazy that anyone says or maybe someone says something about South Carolina, we will bring that up as well and get ready for what could be a busy next couple of weeks with recruiting. Hopefully South Carolina is able to land some key priority prospects. He's Joe. I'm you Appreciate you guys tuning in tonight. We'll do it again next Tuesday on G.